theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Come on, give him a hand one more time as he's going to preach the word of the Lord. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. The, uh, the atmosphere in this place is charged for change. Some of you might not understand what, what I'm about to say. there's going to be a manifestation of the power and presence of God in this house. Lives are about to be changed right now. Lives are about to be changed. I'm, I, 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 I am looking right now at people right now who are so hungry for a change. You are so hungry for something different. You are so hungry and you've looked for the change everywhere. But change hasn't come. But ladies and gentlemen, under the sound of my voice, the atmosphere is electrified with change. Hallelujah. I thank you so much for allowing us to be here. Thank you so much to my good friend, your pastor, Keel, his family. My family loved them so dearly. The last time we were here, about six months ago, this church blessed us beyond, beyond measure. And um, praise God. Pastor, my, my boy still walk around in those shoes with pride and uh, Brin Brin she carries around those wolves with her <laughs> they do they, uh, they do wish they could be here but they are in New Brunswick right now um, just because of my travel schedule this month she decided to go and visit her mom and dad as when I get back we are leaving Canada um, and uh, y'all blessed us for our missions overseas next week after a two and a half year wait next week we get to I'm going to be flying over to the country of Cambodia and uh, I'm expecting for a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost amen amen and it is also this is a great privilege for me today too that I have my mom with me today. Uh, Mama Risar came. 
Mama Risar came. Amen. I want to I want to get into this right now. I'm sorry to keep you standing for so long. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to the book of Hebrews chapter number 12. The book of Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 2. Hebrews 12 and 2 reads, Looking looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now I would like to preach for a little while this afternoon on this title, The Power of an Author. The Power of an Author. Ladies and gentlemen, would you put your Bibles down? And I would just ask for the next 30 minutes in this place, Would you open your heart? Would you open your mind? And would you open your spirit? And would you allow God to pour into your life right now maybe something that you have never experienced before? Would you lift every single hand across this tabernacle right now? Would you lift every single hand right now? And would you begin to pray with me a declaration of faith? Uh, Heavenly Father, by the authority and by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that you would open the windows of heaven in this house. I pray, Lord, that you would rain down the power of your spirit in this place. Lord, would you open our hearts? Would you open our minds? And would you open our spirit right now, Lord? Would you pour into us your power and your presence right now in the name of Jesus? I come against and I rebuke fear in this house in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of fear. I come against the spirit of doubt. I come against the lies of the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will be set free in this house today. Oh, hallelujah. Would you put your hands together one more time? Would you begin to create an atmosphere around you of faith right now? Lift up your voice. Lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You may be seated this afternoon. Change, change is something that is one of the hardest things to do. Everybody wants to change something or multiple things in their lives. Yet we are people whom grasp onto the very statement that 
Tomorrow will be the day that I change. Tomorrow will be the day that I implement into my life what I need to do that will cause change to occur. You look at you look at gyms and uh, and you know diet programs and all that other stuff. You 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 if you look their their busiest time of year. New Year's Eve. Man, everybody on New Year's Eve. <laughs> everybody on New Year's Eve, they're sitting there, they're getting ready. They are about to buffet right out. Okay? I mean, it's on like Donkey Kong in the kitchen. And they're about to get stuff in their face. But before they do that, they're going on their phones and they're going to a good life fitness. And they're looking at, mm, boy, January the 1st, I'm about to get my gym swagger on. Amen? Come on now. Because, because New Year's time brings about the thought of New Year, New Me. But when January the 1st comes, we got the food coma going on when we wake up and our head's just bumping like this. And we open up the fridge and we got all the leftovers and we look at that. Oh, Pastor Mary, come on now. We look at all what's in there and there might be some leftover steak in there. And, <laughs> and you look in there and you sit there and you say, hmm. Good life fitness can wait till tomorrow. I don't want to throw all this stuff out. Because the reality is, is that even though we want to have change, we don't know truly what to do in order to implement the change within our life. Amen. Because the reality is, and it's a sad reality, that tomorrow never comes. If only there was a supernatural power that could bring about change. If only there was someone who had the power to be able to erase everything that I am in right now. If only there was someone who had the ability to reach in and white out with the perm and white out the permanent ink that is dyed within every fiber of my being of my past and rewrite the course of the path of life that I am on. The apostle wrote in Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Notice what is written here. The run the race. It's the path 
of life. It's the path that we are all on. And oh yes, ladies and gentlemen, we do have different things than trials that will come up against us. And we do have different potholes that will be created within our path. And we do have different bumps in the road that we will all go through. But the one thing that we all have in common here today is that we are all on the same path that is called life. And ladies and gentlemen, can I be so bold as to tell you today, it is not the luck of the draw which path you are given, but it is who you allow in your to be your guide in the path that you are walking down that will determine the outcome of your life. Hebrews 12 and 2, what we read in our opening scripture looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. It's all about looking to Jesus. It's all in where your vision is Placed. It's all who you are looking at today. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. What joy was, he, was the apostle talking about here? You see, on the cross, when Jesus went to the cross, he took hell's greatest weapon that it had. Hell's greatest weapon was death. And hell threw absolutely everything it had to Jesus. And Jesus, he took that blunt of what hell threw at him. Why? What was it that he was so joyful in seeing? It was what he, when he was on the cross, hanging on that cross. The joy was not that the cross and death had come. It was not that the pain of the cross was over. It was that because he recognized that as I defeated the very greatest weapon of hell, now I am able to release the victory of hell. Hell, come on now. I am able to release the victory over hell's greatest weapon in the lives of individuals that was the greatest uh, uh, my soul come on now somebody I ain't trying to resurrect the dead now I can't I keep on forgetting I gotta say that that was the greatest joy that he had knowing I have made a way to be able to com combat and defeat hell's greatest weapon in every single life of every single individual that I come in contact with, ladies and hallelujah. He is the only 
person who has the ability to erase and rewrite. He is the only one who has the ability to be... You see, we have, we know this thing called time, right? Okay, so I got about four or five. So we have this thing called time. We have the beginning of time and the end of time, right in the middle. Okay, God's looking and he sees a life. Now, here's the deal is that where we are in time, it is absolutely impossible to go back in time. The past is the past. It is unchangeable. Only an author has the ability to go back in time and erase and rewrite what was already done. Okay. Okay. Okay, you look at a novel. Okay, good deal. Uh, okay. <laughs> you, you look at a novel. You go into the bookstore and you grab a novel. And you look at that novel. Now, I don't really care who you are. You don't have the authority to erase anything that is on the page. Oh, you can erase that page book that is there but there's always going to be an original that you cannot touch. You don't have the authority. The, right, the, 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 the people who, you know, type the pages, what are they called? The, the publishers. The publishers, they don't have the authority to change what's been written down. Only the original author in itself has the ability to go back in pages, can be flipping through pages, and the author can say, no, I don't like that. I'm going to go back about halfway. I'm going to take my eraser. I'm going to erase it out, and I'm going to begin to rewrite what I don't like. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Even though your sin and transgression is dyed red, even though it is physically impossible to remove the stained red out of of a piece of fabric hear God voiced only a supernatural power can cause such a miracle to transpire he said only I have the ability to take that which is soaked and stained red through every single fiber of somebody's being and remove it to be completely white as snow it is the power and it is the ability of an author you see sin is sin and past guilt and transgressions are sin because they have already been committed right they are already done 
They are part of the past and the past is already finished. Amen. The only way to alter sin would be to change the past. And the scriptures are filled in saying that God will one day wipe away all sin. But you see, you cannot wipe away sin and cleanse guilt without the changing of a past. Because the changing of a past is not possible to humanity nor possible to anyone else at all unless you are an author of the one who wrote the story. Only the author has the power and ability to step in to the written pages and remove what has already been written and rewrite somebody's story. Come on, somebody. I think so much uh, that we give too much credit to the enemy. We give too much credit to the devil because you need to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. He's only a character in the novel. He's not the author. You need to quit listening to the voice of the enemy that says, I've got the power to rewrite your story, to rewrite your life. When the enemy says, this is who you are, this is what you're gonna be you need to get within yourself the revelation that you don't listen to a character you listen to the author oh hallelujah you 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 see your past does not have to be cemented in stone today. You are in the presence of the author who determines what the past is going to say. Come on now, somebody. Come on now. Okay, fine. If you, you, you go ahead. That means if sin is, if he's going to wipe away sin, that means... Pastor Barry, that he's got to wipe away the past. How can you wipe away a past? You look at the very, see, he can recreate past. You look at the, at the, the very first recorded miracle in the wedding at Cana. You look at that very first recorded miracle. Now he goes and he's there and Mama Jesus comes running in and says, they all out of wine. You got to do a miracle. Now he turns water into wine. Now you need to understand something. Wine is only wine after a fermenting period. You don't get wine until the fermenting process has been done. But Jesus said... Even though it was created that way, I'll just step back into the past. I'll rewrite what needs to be done, and I'll make that. 
and I'll make that become changed so that I can have what I need right now. You see, nobody else had the ability to go ahead and do that. But Jesus said, I'll step back. I'll rewrite. I'll recreate. I'll wipe away what the past says needs to be done in order for this to be. And I'll rewrite it so that I can make it happen right now. Ladies and gentlemen, if the wine that needed a fermenting process in order for it to become wine, if he had the ability to go into the past and rewrite it to become something now, don't you tell me that God cannot go into your past. Don't you tell me that God cannot do it for you. Boy, I wish I was, I wish somebody would get a hold of what I'm saying. I'm here to tell you your past is not going to hold you hostage. Your past is not the end of the story. You are greater than where you are right now. Genesis 1. Uh, Pastor, here we go. Genesis 1. Verses 1 and 2. In the beginning. Now this right here, I personally think Genesis 1 and 1. You will not find another scripture in the Bible that will show God's desire, his ability, and his power any greater than Genesis 1 and 1. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now watch this. God created the heaven and the earth. The earth in itself was without form and void and darkness covered. So here in the very beginning of creation, the earth was without form and void and there was darkness. God says, I'm going to rewrite the no form and the no void. The earth was already created. It already existed. It had a past. But God looked at the past and said, no, I'm going to recreate you. I'm going to rewrite over top of your past. I look and I see that there is no form. I see that there is darkness. I see that there is a void. Let me rewrite now Genesis 1 and 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Oh, you didn't get it yet. He began to speak he began to speak to the unformed earth, to the very void that was there. And the void said, I cannot stand at the authority of your word. The void had to bow. And the author, 
Oh, come on now, somebody. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When you go through and you look all at creation, okay? And, the, and when you go through all creation through the six days, and the Bible says that after God stepped out, he began to voice and to create. And the Bible says that the evening and the morning were the first day. Evening and the morning were the second day. Evening in the morning, third, fourth, fifth, right? You see, we look at a day as morning to evening, but God looks at a day as evening to morning because whenever God began to do a work, God always stepped out into the midst of darkness, and as soon as God began to work, the darkness left and the light became because God always does his best work in the darkness. Darkness doesn't scare God. The only opposite. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear me now. You don't need to become good to get God. You get God to become good. God doesn't need you to start to turn your life around. He knows what it's like to step into the void, to step into the darkness, and begin to rewrite. boy, I wish somebody would hear me right now. You see, I, oh, I keep on. I'm just, I, I, that's exactly what I need. I need one of them callers just to, I'm just like a junkyard dog, Pastor Barry. I just roam. Y'all need to, you say, man, preacher, what you yelling and screaming all about? Hey, let me tell you something. You'll find out in a little bit. Because when you've come where I've come from, the one thing that drives me is that everybody can experience what I've experienced. You see, we sit there and we look at the first six days of creation. How God stepped into darkness, began to rewrite, and poof, it becomes light. Because that's the power of an author. He stepped back in to what he did not like and says, erase that. I'm about to do this. Amen. Here's the one thing. You ready for it right now? Here's revelation for you right now. If this don't get your motorboat going, I don't know what will. I'm here to tell you that creation hasn't ended. I said creation hasn't ended. The days of creation are not over. Why? Because God is still stepping into the nighttime. God is still stepping into the darkness of broken life, broken humanity, messed up 
people who are so lost, hurting, searching for a change, wanting something new, but don't know what to do, Pastor. They don't know what to do. They are so hungry for something. And God said, if you would let me go back into the pages of your past, I could begin to erase and I can recreate what the enemy meant to destroy you with. Let me ask you brilliant people something. Let me ask you smart people something. Why do you think it is that God never gave up on Jacob? I mean, that crook. I mean, Pastor Barry, we got crooked Jacob coming. You know? That crook Jacob. God kept on giving him mercy and mercy and mercy, even though that guy, he, I mean, he was sideways. Oh, but he had an encounter with an angel. He had that wrestling encounter. And during that wrestling encounter in which God refused to let him go, he refused. Why? Because the reason why that God wouldn't let him go is all because he needed a name change. There was something within him that was about to determine a name change. God looked inside and said, Jacob, you don't see this yet but I know there's an Israel dwelling in you I know that there's an Israel inside of you that you don't see yet I know that there's a great nation I know there's a promise that's about to be fulfilled in you I refuse to let you go Jacob and I'm here to tell somebody that I do believe that God is still holding on to people because God recognizes uh, there's an Israel inside of you. Uh, there's a promise waiting to come forward. Uh, there's a promise that wants to be burned. Uh, uh, forgive me, live stream people. Uh, okay, okay. You want to know what the issue is that I'm facing in this place right now? I'm facing doubt and unbelief. I'm facing people, if I get too, you just tell me to hold back. But here's what I'm facing in people, because for so long, you have been completely convinced that you are worthless, no good, that you are not meant to be anything at all. You are meant to stay exactly as how you are. And for years and years, you have been fed the lie, and I don't mean to get spiritual, uh, 
but you've been fed the lie of the enemy that has dictated to you how you're going to live your life, how you're going to act, how you're going to feel. And even though you're hearing the words of the author this morning, you're sitting there thinking, it can't be for me. It's got to be for somebody else. Well, you hear the voice of this preacher today because I'm here to tell you that your life can be changed. Your life can be turned around. You are a you are not trash you are not worthless you are treasure you are gold you are precious your life does matter okay you look at blind Bartimaeus now you ready for this now Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. His name says it all. Bar means son of. Timaeus means blind man. Blind Bartimaeus means blind son of a blind man. Oh, but all of a sudden, the author comes walking down his road. You see, his past went so far back that it went beyond his birth and went into his daddy. His, oh His, because it was lineage I might get a boot stomp preach coming on here soon. Uh, it was lineage cursing that was upon his life. It didn't matter how many lineages it crossed because when the author comes walking down the road, it doesn't matter how far back, it doesn't matter how deep it goes. You hear me now, somebody. It doesn't matter how many fibers are dyed red. The only thing that matters is when the author shows up, the pages have to do what the author says it's going to happen. And so, and so Jesus shows up and said, all right, Barty, what are you going to allow me to do in your life right now? Hey, well, this is, okay, Pastor Barry, let me go to KJV translation instead of Josh Restar, okay? What wilt thou that I should do unto you? said, Barty, what you going to allow me to do for you right now? All my power is here. All my authority is here. How much are you willing to stretch your faith into the generations before that I can remove the very past of what's upon you right now? Because... 
because the author has the ability to go back to Genesis 1 and 0 where before he opened up his mouth, he said, I'll go all the way back. How much are you going to allow me to go back? Bar My man, Barty. I mean, this dude, can you imagine Pastor Barry being old Bartimaeus? I mean, his eyes opened up. I mean, this dude must have went just sideways. Bartimaeus, he says, Lord, that I may see. Jesus said, oh, you're letting me be the true author. I'm about to go back. You've opened up to me uh, generations before you. Here we go. Come here. I need the I, live stream. Keep on coming. All right, right here. They saw my, they saw my forehead. <laughs> okay. Now, here's what Jesus said. Oh, okay, Barty, that you can see, I ain't going to do right here. Let me go back here right now and take care of this. Because when the past is taken care of, now you become brand new. Because he's in the business of making you brand new. Okay, hold on, quiet, quiet, quiet. Quiet. I need, I need to get going. I'm sorry. I'm, what time? My soul. I'm, can I? Can, okay. Will y'all grant me about five or ten more minutes? Is that okay? Am I boring you? I hope I'm not. You look at the lady with the issue of blood. Oh, boy. The Bible says 12 years. There's always a reason why it gives a time frame. 12 years she's had this issue. Held her hostage. Locked her up within her life for 12 straight years. She comes crawling through the crowd. Everybody bumping into Jesus. Everybody hitting him. Bumping in, nothing, nothing happening, sis. But all of a sudden, some lady with determination within her comes crawling towards him, wanting something. Because, ladies and gentlemen, determination always brings encounters with the master. Let me, let me ask you all something in this place right now. Are you... You see, because everyone, right, they were bumping into him and whatnot. All of a sudden, this lady, she comes and touches him. He said, virtue just went out of me. The disciples look, said, Jesus, what, what you talking about, man? Everyone's bumping into you. Why are you asking who touched you? Let me ask you something, ladies and gentlemen. For in this place right now. Did you come in here just to bump into Jesus? Or did you come in here today to have an encounter with Jesus? 
What you gonna do in this place today, ladies and gentlemen? What are you gonna do? Where is your mindset right now? The question is, the question is not whether does God have the power or the ability to be able to reach into my life and bring change. The question is, have you got a made up mind to get the miracle of change that you need in this place today? For 12 years, she faced this deal. She reaches out and touches him. Virtue goes out. It was the virtue that came out that said, I ain't just going to take care of you right now. I'm going to go into your past 12 years back and erase what happened then and begin to rewrite to set you on course for your future. That's great and all. Give me something that's from now. Two thousand and five, September of two thousand and five. I uh, never been to one of your Pentecostal services before, but my life was so broken, my life was so messed up, and my life was so lost. I remember. I remember I was dating a girl I, I, that in the past I spoke ill with. I was dating a girl at the time who was, she was driving in from, from Havelock from a music festival into Peterborough. And uh, she was drinking and driving. I didn't know she was coming to my apartment. And uh, that night she never showed up and I got up the next morning and she wasn't there and I got a phone call from the OPP and said, is this Josh Reese? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you know a girl by the name of Julie Ann and her last name? I said, yes, that's my girlfriend. He said, we noticed that your phone number was the last number that she called last night. We regret to inform you that she was drinking and driving on her way into Peterborough and got in a car accident and passed away. At that moment in time, I had no idea, Pastor, how to handle the hurt that was in my life. I became broken, lost, scared. That day was the very first. Now, I had, I had you know, messed around and coped before, but... That was the very first day that I started to put $300 of cocaine up my nose a day. I know what it's like to be taking a line while someone's putting a needle in your arm. 
I know what it's like to stand in a mirror with a pair of tweezers and pull cartilage out of your nose in order to open your nasal cavity to be able to stiff more blow. I know what it's like to go on multi-day benders, Pastor, and to try to come off, I would turn the shower on and I would huddle up into a ball in the floor of the shower as the water was beating on me, trying to stop my heart and the fiending for my next hit. Trying to get a calmness in my life. I don't mean to get R-rated, but naked in that shower, curled up in a ball in the corner. I know what it's like to be out on the street and not be able to get home fast enough. And I'd walk into a public restroom area and I'd go into the stall and I'd close the stall and put the toilet seat down and break out a line on the public bathroom toilet seat because I couldn't wait to get back home. I know what it's like to be lost, broken, hurting with no hope in life at all. I know what it's like to watch your time to every half an hour needing a hit. I tried to quit on my own and the longest I went was 30 minutes. That's how long I went on my own was 30 minutes. I remember I remember one night ladies and gentlemen you need to understand I had never been one of your church services before. But one night I was so high in my apartment, sweat pouring down off of me. My heart was a, felt like it was beating right through my chest. I was on my bed and I rolled off my bed and I fell on the floor. And I was in the fetal position on the floor shaking. I didn't know. I didn't know who God was, and I didn't even know what his name was. But I cried out and I said, God, if you are even real, I need you. The next day, it was not a week later, it was the next day day the senior associate pastor of the church that we base out of in Peterborough Dennis Brown I had never met him in my life 
But this man, he saw me coming down the street and he stopped me and he looked at me and he said, man, I have no idea who you are, but you've got questions about life. I got questions about life. I'm putting 300 bucks up my nose, needles in my arm, ripping out cartilage out of my nose, going multi-day benders. You better believe I got questions. We went to Tim Hortons. We sat down at Tim Hortons. And I just felt like I could talk to this guy. We sat there for hours talking. I'd go back and forth, pass through the bathroom, get my hip, come back out. Sitting there, at the end of the conversation, he said, Josh, you know what you need. I said, I know, I need rehab. I know, I know I need it. He said, Josh, I don't believe in that. He said, Josh, what you need is Jesus. Because little did I know, the author was about to rewrite my story. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're hungry enough, you don't judge what's been put in front of you. I'm sorry, Akil. How do I say it? When you're when, when you're hungry enough, is that right? Hungry. When you're hungry enough. You don't care what's put in front of you. You just want. Revival services were happening in Peterborough that very weekend in September of 2005. He picked me up. I got into his car, had an eight ball in my pocket, three and a half grams in my pocket. Because during church service, I'd go back and forth to the church bathroom to break out my line in the church bathroom. We get the service a little bit late. I mean, they were already juking and jiving and throwing down. I walked in. I looked around. I looked around. I thought, my God, what a bunch of whacked out freaks. No, I'm, you aren't real. Here I am. Everyone lifting their hands. Who are you lifting your hands to? You know? I'm just saying how I felt, Pastor, okay? We go and sit down and right where Mama Resar is right there. I mean, I take the end aisle because I'm like, I'm about to bounce. Now, the preacher started preaching. I didn't even know there was such thing as an altar call. Oh, I didn't know you were supposed to wait for the preacher to finish to go to the altar. He got to preach him. 
I believed with all of my heart everything that he was saying. I started to have tears running down my face. I thought, I ain't waiting for this to be over. I'm about to interrupt this whole deal right now. I've come to eat and I've come to get what he said could help me. I ain't waiting for this guy to finish talking. I've come to get my miracle. So, I mean, right where mom is right there, I jumped up out of my seat in the midst of the, I mean, now, y'all need to understand. I was double stacking back then. I mean, Pastor, I mean, I was double stacking Decadurablin and Winnie V. That sterile. I mean, I was a big dude. I was a big boy. I jump up from my seat. I hit the aisle. I start running. So I, I could just imagine what the preacher thinking. <laughs> that big old burly dude just come barreling down. Like, oh my. But I run and I fall down on my knees at the altar and I lifted up my hands. I had tears running down my And the power of the Holy Ghost was poured out upon me because God said, I'm going to step into your life and I'm going to go into your past. I'm going to begin to... I'm going to begin to rewrite what's been wrong and I'm going to set you on course for a brand new future. Hey, pastor, you ask, you ask my pastor, you go and ask chief. When I came, I could push my nose flat because the cartilage was all gone from pulling it out. I could push it flat. When I got back up after God pouring out his spirit upon me, filling me with the Holy Ghost, uh, I got up, I started to wipe my eyes, uh, and, and oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, at that altar, God instantly delivered me. Oh, I want you to hear me right now. I said God instantaneously delivered me from a $300 a day cocaine addiction but when I got back up pastor you phone chief and you ask him I could push my nose flat after God filled me I begin to wipe the tears begin to wipe my face and begin to feel not only did God fill me not only did God instantaneously deliver me but he rebuilt all the cartilage back in You say, Josh, you say, Josh, I want change, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to begin. Let the author come into your heart. 
let the author come into your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, the power of the author is overshadowing in this house right now. If you are hungry, would you stand with me right now? I am, I, I, I have taken this off. Online, folks, peace out. Bless, bless y'all, come back, come back next week. In person, come on. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.